Hey, thanks for downloading and listening to the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. We'd love to stay connected on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or TikTok at NLC Downtown. We have devotionals, audio from our weekend messages, conversations about big topics and culture today, and lots of options for you to become a disciple of Jesus. We aren't just a Sunday church. We want to be here for you Monday through Saturday too. Looking forward to getting to know you better. control the climate and in the atmosphere of, of where we live, where we work, by the words that we say. And that's why we're going to end this year talking about celebrating. The Bible actually says that um, before we enter into a new thing, one of the best things, like if you've got a, a battle ahead of you, if you've got a struggle ahead of you, one of the best things that we can do is to celebrate what God has already done before we go into that. What it does is it builds faith in us. It builds up our spirit, man, and our soul to know that what we're going toward, if we just start celebrating what God has already done. So uh, here's, here's the thing about our words. Our words can change the climate around us. They can either purify or they can pollute. We can pollute. Here's, here's ways that we can pollute the, the environment around us, like complaining about people or gossiping about them. Your spouse... Like, I, he, he hadn't changed in 12 years. He ain't never going to change. Like, we say those kind of things and we don't think much of it, but we literally float that out there, and it just hangs in the atmosphere. The Bible talks a lot about how God creates with his words and how we have the ability to do the same thing. Think about this. When, uh, when's the last time, like, if you went, um, if you go out to eat and you go get food, you and, and a few people, you go get food, and you, you have a to-go bag, right? And you put that food in a to-go bag, and you put it out there in your car, but you, you and your friends, you go somewhere else. You and your spouse go somewhere else. You go to the movies, you go get coffee, you go shopping, go to a concert or whatever. About two hours later, you get back in the car, and what punches you in the face as soon as you get back in the car? The shrimp you had for dinner, and the smell of it, you're like, oh gosh, that is awful, that's inside of you. That's in there, just so you know. That, the, the, the words that we say, they literally hang out there in the atmosphere just like that. There's a scripture that is in Matthew 12, 34. It says, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. There's a, this is Jesus who says this. There's another translation, actually a couple of them. The one that says that out of the overflow of the mouth, life lives. Or out of the overflow or the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. You're going to hear me do a lot of correlations, not just between what we say, but also the heart. And, and the reason why this is all important is because when we celebrate what God has done, we actually change the atmosphere around us by saying and celebrating what he says and what he celebrates. Jesus didn't waste a single word. Uh, he didn't say anything that he didn't mean to say. Um, Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And our words do this. What they do is they, they indicate where we have been, where we are or are not, and where we are headed. So uh, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about our hearts, but really what we have to do, if we are going to change, and here's the reason why we're doing this, is as we go into 2022, I think it's really important to, to recognize and celebrate what happened in 2021. And we'll get into this in, in, in Scripture in a little bit, but the reason why this is connected to the heart is the Bible actually says that Jesus is going to examine our hearts, our lives. I don't know if you think that means he's literally going to take your heart. I used to think that, like as a little kid, it scared me. I was like, he's going to look at my heart. 
But God actually doesn't have to actually look at our life or our history or anything. He can tell exactly the condition of our life by the words that we say, by the things that we have been saying, which is why so much of Scripture actually talks about this. Um, a heart transplant is really what we need to, to, uh, to do. I, I don't know if you guys have seen it. We actually have, I don't think they're here right now. We have a couple of cardiologists that work here. They would, they would back me up on this. So, uh, neuroscientists and neurosurgeons who have done heart transplants and brain transplants, all that kind of stuff, they've actually found that the majority of your memory, your personality, the part that makes up who you are, all of it is not exclusively connected to just your brain. And they've realized this by doing heart transplants. What they've done is as they take the heart of a donor out and put it in another person, you guys have seen these movies, and they're, they're based off of reality, immediately after that transplant takes place, what happens? They take on, like, there are, there are like, documenting cases where someone actually starts rooting for another team immediately after the surgery is over. Like, they, they didn't like spicy food before, and all of a sudden, after a heart transplant, their, their personality changes, and they like the spicy foods. There are things, there are characteristic traits that is not just personality-based here, but it actually goes back to your heart, which is why it's important. So, in Joshua chapter 4 is one of the most memorable spots that we'll see this, of celebrating and using our words to say what God has said. So in Joshua chapter 4, what happens is the, uh, the, the nation of Israel, what's, what's happened is, is they've just come through slavery. Moses is dead, but, but Joshua is taking the children of Israel into the promised land. So they're at the Jordan River. So the Jordan River is connected by what two bodies of water? Do you guys know? It's the Sea of Galilee. And then it connects, the Jordan River comes, flows out of the Sea of Galilee, and it flows into what? The Dead Sea, right, Red Sea, Dead Sea, that, that's it. So that's where the Jordan River goes. So as they were leaving the land that they were in, and they were coming into Canaan, into the Promised Land, they actually had spent several days, the Bible said they had consecrated themselves, they prayed, they fasted, they, had, they, they honored God. But as God stopped this, this water flowing through the Jordan River, he literally stopped it, think about it twice, he split the Red Sea, and he split the Jordan River, and they're crossing over into the promised land. All of these priests, all these different tribes, are 12 tribes of Israel, and God spoke to them as they were crossing over, and he said in Joshua 4, he said, each one of the 12 tribes, I want you to take a rock from the Jordan River. Like, as you're crossing over it, I want you to take it with you into the promised land, and I want you to lay it down over there. The reason why he did this is he wanted them to never forget. He said, I want you to get over there, and I want you to immediately remember and declare the things that I have done for you. And they, they take these rocks over, they, they, and they put them in, uh, in Canaan, in the Promised Land, and they have this ceremony where they declare, here are all the good things that God has done for us. What's interesting enough is uh, a little bit of history on that. Those 12 stones for the 12 tribes of Israel, they actually changed over. The, uh, the, the high priest would wear an outer garment that had 12 rocks in it to represent the 12 tribes of Israel and to never forget the good things that God has done, and he brought them, uh, they, they brought them through. This happens with Abraham. It happens with Isaac. It happened with Noah. It happened with Moses. If you could, back then, go back in time and just go through the Middle East, you would find collections and stacks of rocks all over the place because they were markers and reminders of all the things that God has done for them. They would stop immediately, and they build an altar, and they would praise God for it. 
This is why we're going to do this today. And we're going to go through and just talk about a few of the things that God has done. Now, bringing that into the New Testament, because it's not all Old Testament. New Testament just simply backs it up. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, the Apostle Paul says something, and it's, it's pretty interesting. He says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. So I'll, I'll leave that up there for a second. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. The, the fancy way, like the closer to the actual way uh, that you would say this is edify one another and build each other up. How many don't say edify? When was the last time you said edify? Put that in an email this week. Ten points if you can put that into a, hey, hope this edifies you. Here's this, whatever. They're like, what are you talking about? It really does mean to encourage each other to build each other up. And he says, like, you're actually in the habit of already doing this, but please don't give up on this. And what this, if we really break this down into Greek, it actually goes even a little bit further. It says, don't just take comfort from someone, but give comfort to someone. Don't just be on the receiving side of it where you need to be encouraged, but remember to encourage other people. And the way that we do that is by talking about and reminding each other of the good things that God has done. So this is a, this is a command. Like this is, we, we need to do this. It's pretty important. Um, I know you might think like, I don't know, I'm not really encouraging. I'm not that kind of guy. How many of you guys would say you're like super positive people? I actually know of a couple in here. Like you're just a super positive person. Dwayne, very positive person. I know you are. There's some of you guys in here where you're like, I don't know, it's not really my bend. Listen, we all talk. I don't know if you realize this or not. This is going to shock you guys. Men, you're, you're going to disagree with me as soon as I say this. The average American says 16,000 words a day. I know every dude in here was like, wait a minute, there is absolutely no chance that I say 16,000 words. And that's the average, because just, just so you know, between men and women, that is drastically different, which means most guys are probably around 2,000, and the ladies are just, they're taking that number way up, and we're coming into 16,000. But in all reality, every single day, with all the words that we say, you could write a 32-page book every single day of your life. But this is a choice. That's why this has to be a command. Like we literally have to, we are, we're commanded to encourage one another, to build each other up. And one of the best ways, if you don't know how to encourage somebody, then just say what God says about them. Say what the Bible says about them. Agree with that. Say, oh my gosh, you're, you're, you're great at this. Man, God has called you by name. God loves you. Those are the types of things that we can do. We want to celebrate a few of the things that have happened this year and, uh, and let you guys know a couple of things. Um, this is a little bit interesting because we, we could talk about what God has done. We could celebrate um, what you have done, but I, what I don't want you to do is I don't, want you to, I don't want you to think this. This could sound like a brag session, like a brag fest, and I want to be very careful with that because this could get really, it could get like, wait, we baptized this many people, whatever. This has nothing to do with us. This has everything to do with a couple of things. One, your faithfulness, and two, God's faithfulness. And we want to celebrate those things because everything that we're about to tell you couldn't have happened if you guys hadn't jumped in and served, if you hadn't given the way that you have, if you hadn't committed countless hours to small groups and to serve groups and praying over kids and going out in the community and loving people and then God moving and showing up and healing people. You're going to see some different stories. So, Coach, could you mind? Come up here, because we, we, Coach and I, we're going to go through a few of these. Some of these, uh, we've got some pictures for some of them, some of them we don't. Uh, we'll start off with, where's your mic? Where, I don't know where I put it. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Um, this is the first one. So Tommy sent us this picture. I want to show you the story. Some of you have heard about Deshaun uh, a, a little bit. I'm going to read you a couple of uh, a couple things about this, because do you guys remember the story? I want to make sure you guys hear this. So here are a couple details on this. Tommy, make sure I get this right. 
literally reading directly off here. So Deshaun is a, is a three-year-old little boy who was shot in the head six months ago. And the bullet entered the forehead and came out the back. The doctors actually, when they did surgery, they had to cut a big portion of the back of his skull out and put a helmet on him. I don't, how long was he in there, in the hospital? Do we know? So he's in three months. Okay, so this picture is two days after he got out. This is two days after he got out. That's Tommy who's holding him with his grandmother who's right there. Um, his grandmother, Nikki, said that uh, she asked if the serve team could come over and pray because what doctors have said is that he wouldn't walk, he wouldn't talk, and he wouldn't live a normal life. And so this team showed up. You guys showed up and prayed. Now, listen, here's why this is important. There is something to be said for showing up every single Saturday. Why do we do this every single Saturday? Because we don't know when the Deshauns are going to show up. So it's consistent faithfulness. That's why. If there was a Saturday where we weren't there and then something like this happens, we'd be kicking ourselves. So thank you for showing up every single week. So long story short, he's walking, he's talking. This kid, they said he's not going to walk or talk. He's doing both. He still has a long way to go. He has more recovery. We're going to keep praying for him. Is it his right arm? His right arm? We need to pray that his right arm can function the right way. But this, this young man, he knows and recognizes us because we're there every single Saturday. And at some point, they start to trust because there's a lot of people that can talk about it, and then there's a group of people like you guys that are faithful. I mean, you guys said, you said yesterday we were out there. You want to tell them? Because this is literally, this is Christmas yeah. Day. Yeah, I, I just want to say kudos to Tom and his team yes. for, for being consistent. And, you know, we, we started this many, many uh, years ago and to have a missional campus downtown, and we realized, like Neil said it best, you know, what the Bible said, love thy neighbors as thyself. And our homeless people, those are our neighbors down here, you know, because sometimes you try to say, oh, man, you know, we realize the way that people will come in here. We want them to feel like they can come in here, you know, and then we can reach and connect here and why we're here every Sunday to show up to, to, to receive that way. And so but not only that, we have to go out and we have to be missional to go out. I often say in order to clean a fish, you got to catch it. So we're going out to catch fish, being fishermen of men and women and to bring in. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. And yesterday when Tommy said, hey, uh, I was sitting in the room. He said, what about going out on Christmas? I said, well, if you're there, I'm there. And we'll see what else happens. And we had a group of people to show up yesterday and to come out and serve. And that's the consistency that takes place. We learned in our time in Spanish John doing COVID with our City Serve uh, Team Dream Center is that if you show up one day, people look at you and they think, oh, you might be in the wrong place. If they see you the next day, they think, well, did they get lost? They see you the third time, they say, hmm, there's, I'm feeling comfortable with you. It takes about seven times to build a relationship. All right? So what you see, the relationship is there. They know the whole family. I mean, when you see Tommy and his wife, I mean, it's, it's understood. They drive through. They stop. They talk. Why? Because we are there. So it's not just say, hey, I want to go serve. Yeah, well, good. We're here to make sure that you can do that from a consistent basis for our serve team. But from consistency, it's continuity is what leads to transformation. It's incredible. What did you say? You to, to catch a fish? You had to, no, to, yeah, yeah. To, to clean a fish, you got to catch it. <laughs> Please write these down. We could do one of those tear-off calendars. Every day of the year, there's a tear-off. There's one of Fitz 
Hill sayings. I love it. All right, so when, when we go out there on Saturdays, what we're, we're taking now, and this is because of you guys. You guys raised the money to do this. We have the cook trailer. Some of you guys have seen it. Some of you haven't. This thing is like, I, I'm not going to be able to do this justice. But basically what we've got here is you have a, a full smoker. We've got right next to it, you have a griddle. Right next to that, you've got a full fryer, and then you've got a grill right next to that. There's a sink on the back side of it. There's like, there's like, you could serve on the other side of it. So when this thing was actually at Christmas Mall, I don't know how many meals did you guys end up doing. Do you know? Probably around 300 total. Yeah, about 300 total. Okay. They, I mean, they had every station on this cook trailer rolling, and there were hundreds of meals that they put together. So it's one thing to show up and say that we love you. It's another thing to show up and say, not only do we love you, we're going to show you that we love you, and we're going to consistently feed. And this thing is because you guys raised the money to do it. How long ago was that? Uh, about two years ago, we had the vision. And what happened is it's, it was really ironic how it kind of developed. Um, about two and a half before COVID, two and a half, three years ago, the uh, slave, all, all the guys, fish, catfish, slave fish, all the names <laughs> I've given them, they, they just said they've been going out catching fish. And they said, hey, I don't know what we're going to do with this fish. They just had it all in the refrigerator. And I said, we've just been catching so much fish. I said, well, let's have a fish fry. They said, well, yeah. And so I said, we'll just have a fish fry. And then we started going out with a 16 gold team. We started frying fish at the games we have. And we just saw the opportunity to do ministry because when people smell the fish, everybody just kind of assembled. So I said, well, that's kind of like two fish and five loaves. When Jesus starts serving, Trademark people start it. coming. And so that's what our name was going to be. And so when we pull up and start cooking, you can see, if you haven't been here in the morning, People come and say, oh, are they serving this morning? Our neighbors, they come in, they yep. see, if we're serving this morning, you'll have a whole yep. line of people start showing up about the yep. time so they can get in line. Like we say, get in where you fit in. They get in where they fit in when the, when the, when the food is there. So that's why we'll have twice a year, we'll have a clothing outreach to try to get ready. So we did that in the fall. Man, it was just great. Then we took our clothes and we gave them to the <clears throat> to the uh, to another home uh, home uh, outreach facility to have those clothes there. But we'll do another one as a spring start to be able to reach out so we'll feed, love, and you know, and cast out with the vision. But that started about two years ago. We raised the money for that, and that's what we have now. What I call a restaurant on wheels, and you got the best. <laughs> TC, the TC dog is going to put Derek Queen out of business. That's the Tommy Covington dog, just so That's you understand what that is. That's the TC dog. <laughs> the TC dog. So if you hadn't had a TC dog, you don't know what you're missing. Every one of these things are copyrighted. Everything Fitz <laughs> just said is all copyrighted, so you cannot TC use that. The TC dog. Okay, so that actually then leads, and the reason why we're doing this, please, please hear me on this. A lot of times what you can do is you can give, and I know you guys are faithfully giving towards what God has commanded us to do, but what we want to see is where does that actually go? And that's why we're showing you this stuff, because we want to be able to celebrate what you guys have done and, and then what God is actually continuing to do through the city. So transformation, transportation. I've heard about this for the last six months or so, but this is transformation, transportation. This was parked outside of our candlelight service. This is two days ago. Feels like it was like eight weeks ago. This is two days ago. This is a bus. Are we calling it a bus or a van? What is this thing? It's a party bus. I don't know what we're calling this. I don't know what it is. But this, this has, so you could fit 20, I think at least 22. 21, 22 people on here. It has a wheelchair lift on the backside of it. So we can actually go to Sunset Terrace, to Spanish John's, all the places that we're already going and bring them to church. It's one thing for us to actually go there and to minister to them on a, on a weekly basis on Saturday. Now we can actually bring them to church. This is huge. 
This, this thing is wrapped. It looks gorgeous. Well, tell them a little bit. Is there anything specific about this thing you want to tell them about? Well, you know, it's, 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 we, we, want, we want to be able to roll through and, and witness for the Lord. So when you see the crosses, and that's why we, you know, it's called when I, the transformation, transportation, that's part of the personal transformation that we're trying to do with people. But first thing, what TC and his crew, his team is doing, they're going out, they're loving. That's the first thing you have to do. You have to build a relationship. Then how do you do that? You feed, okay? And then when you do that, people say, well, what, what, what do you want? Well, can we pick you up? Prior to COVID, we were having three services, all right? The third service at noon, that was our outreach service. That was the service that we were picking up for to bring people in at 12. And we were actually feeding after that service. So what we were trying to do is make sure that we are very missional in our approach because, as I was sharing with Pastor Neil, in most cases, the people coming to church, you know, they are, they are fervent about building their own relationship with Christ. But what we need to do is go out and expose people to Christ who maybe haven't done that, and how do you do that? You go out and let them say, I want to be a part of that. So that's going out, being missional. And so now the next piece of this, as you know, there have been phases to go. Two years ago was a trailer. Uh, we're the only, of our 18 campuses, we're the only one that have transportation. And so when we started doing this, I said, you know, we are in a different environment. This is not Greenbrier. Um, this is not Conway. This is urban Little Rock. All right, whereas a lot of folks don't, they, that's why you use the buses. That's why you have bus transportation. So now we have our own transportation that we can use, and you will see us using this in other areas for other people who need to participate because the number one barrier for participation of extracurricular activities in a Little Rock School District is transportation. So if you have a bus to be able to utilize other people's help, that's what we have now. Just think about this rolling up in, into a school or into an into a area uh, and people start looking at the logo, they start seeing that, and I told them, I said, well, you know, you gotta, you gotta give me some black rims on here if I'm gonna roll up in the city now. So I had, I had, I had to put the black, I, 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 I'm, rolling, on I'm rolling up in the hood now, I got to be, I got, I got to have my wheels going on when I'm when I spinning right there. So I got, my wheel, I got my wheels painted and everything, so we're not through yet, we're gonna actually put a Q code on the back of it, that's what they call it? QR code. QR You're code, almost See, there. You're not, you know, almost I'm all there. on a QR code. We're gonna have that QR code, so when somebody looked at it, they just put their phone on it, it's gonna pop to our services, and what they gonna do, so we're gonna be in, you know, in the 21st century of, of, of technology. I, lo I love it. Here, so one of the things that, that Coach and I were talking about is one of the things that I love about this campus is you have people in need and people that have the wherewithal to help that are sitting right next to each other and they love every second of it. We want this to be a place where somebody feels like they're welcome here, but also somebody sitting right next to them that feels like they have an, a, a way to actually help them. Like there are a lot of people that will come here on a Sunday and the only thing they own is the clothes on their back and they're sitting right next to you because we're going out, we're bringing them in, and they're starting to trust the Lord, not just the church, but they're trusting God because they're saying, okay, this is a safe place. And one other thing is sort of cast and vision. So the next deal for 2022, as I talked to Blake, you all remember when we did our last, last 
last spring coming out of COVID where we had the haircuts and the showers. So what our goal is now, what we're, Blake, we're checking on was to get a mobile shower truck and a mobile baptism tank that we connect this and so we can take that out with us on our own trailer so we can baptize if they want to shower and we can do everything they have in order to be transformational within their lives. And so we're going to bring that back. That's kind of elevating us. We're trying, to, we're trying to be the elite of the elite in meeting the needs of people. You know, but the elite of the elite. That's meeting. amazing. All right, let me brag about uh, Kid Life and Little Life here just for a second. So Jonathan and Asia, uh, we actually had our very first Vacation Bible School here at this campus. We haven't hosted one yet prior to this year, right? Okay, this is, this is a huge deal. You also, if you can meet the needs of kids, the whole family then gets ministered to. So we actually were able to do it. Uh, VBS was here and at the River Market, so they were actually out there leading worship. This is just wide open too, right? Like this is not like, hey, you guys have to have a ticket. Like it's just whoever comes, whoever shows up, which I love. We also had our very first, I don't know if this is our first one, but we had a father-daughter ball scavenger hunt that happened here. Is this our first one? First one. Okay, first one for this campus as well. So dads and their, and their little girls showed up, and they went out on a scavenger hunt, and they went all over. The, so they created these moments, these opportunities for dads to actually take their daughter out, to love on them, to pray for them, to go out and just spend quality time together. And that's because of you. A lot of people served to make this thing happen as well. And then we had an Easter egg hunt. Is this, this isn't our first Easter egg hunt. We've done... Okay. Okay. No way. So they just showed up. That's amazing. I bet you had some adults out there, too. They're just wandering through, going to get eggs. Okay, this is amazing. I mean, this is not like, hey, we have our own little fenced-in private yard over here. Like, this is actually going out to the city, and we're doing a, an Easter egg hunt for people that didn't even know they needed an Easter egg hunt, which is incredible. Okay, there's that one. Now, I want to I I finish this off here. I just want to talk about something that uh, none of us can take credit for. There's not a single person in this room who can take credit for what we're going to talk about. But there, so we, we actually put these cards out on your chairs and we ask you, hey, what do you want to celebrate? What are you thankful for? And then what are you praying for? One of the things that people have actually needed prayer for this year has been healing. So I want to tell you, and this will build your faith. Because listen, you've got to understand something. God heals. He still heals. He wants to heal. That hasn't changed. That hasn't gone away. That is who Jesus is, not just something that Jesus does. We believe in this. So I'm going to tell you a few of the people that we know that have been documented, that are healed, but there are also people that I know have gone through a lot of stuff this year we pray for, and we don't even know the answer on it but of, of whether they actually have or not. But Asia, um, she's our, our, our little life pastor, healed of cancer this year. Like, that's unreal. Like, we could go home right there after that. Hannah Monroe, you know, Michael Monroe, the tallest human being on earth, he's, he's back there and he runs all of our production. But Hannah, his wife, her mom had cancer, healed of cancer, cancer-free this year. She's, she got up here and gave that testimony earlier this year. A lot of you guys know Berkeley. Is Berkeley, is her family in here? Berkeley in here? I don't know. So Berkeley Harp um, had, uh, had some, some kidney uh, situations, some issues going on with her kidneys, and she's healed of those. And then also Jude, baby Jude Howe, healed of his kidneys as well. There were some kidney problems in there, completely healthy, completely whole, completely healed. These are just the ones that we know about. So when we say, listen, is there something that you need prayer for? I, it would probably be a good idea to get two or three, two or more when they're gathered together. And when we have faith together, listen, 
A lot of times when you're going through one of these things, one of these moments, one of these issues, and you are by yourself in it, you are desperate to have somebody else. And what you do is you hook up to their faith as well. And these are moments where we can have faith. We can stand in that gap together with you. So we want to make sure that we're doing that, okay? Uh, Here's what we're going to do is we're going to close this out. Those are just some of the things that God has done. We are believing that 2022, not only will he continue, but there will be an increase in all of those things. More opportunities to serve and to help love this city. A lot of times what happens is churches are desperate to go out into the mission field, and we will always do that. But I want you to know something. Our mission field is that sidewalk and beyond. We are living in the middle of our mission field right here. So we're praying for more opportunities, more ways to love people and to show the love of God. And then the other thing is that we're praying for and believing for is more miracles, more healed marriages, more restored relationships, families where their kids have left, where they come back repaired marriages, healed people, and we're praying and believing for that. What we're going to do is this. We're going we're to finish out with just one song. I would just say this. Take a minute when we're worshiping, and if you have something that you're thankful for, put it down on that card. We're going to have time where you guys can go to the cross. You can take it there. If you have a prayer request, you can take it to the cross there. But sometimes what we don't do is we don't remember the things that God has done. We have a friend of ours, Josh Rawls. He's, he works at uh, NLC College. And he, he has this idea, he does it every year. He'll start a new one here in, in less than a week. He has a wins uh, uh, notebook. And all he does all year long is he writes down what the wins are, what God has done in his life and in other people's life. And he reads it constantly because it helps build his faith. One of the best things you could do is write down something that you're thankful for. And if you need prayer for something, we'd love to pray for you. Um, we'll have pastors that are in that back corner. They can pray for you. You can go light a candle if you're praying for somebody, or you could take communion there at the back as well. But let's just take a little bit of time and respond to the goodness of God. And I'm going to pray for us here really quick right now, okay? Lord, I thank you so much for these faithful people coming here today. The day after Christmas, God, these people are here because they're hungry and they're desperate for you. So God, we celebrate you. Lord, you're incredible at healing people. You're amazing the way you give us a second chance, a third chance, another chance. We want our words to line up with what you say. So we're thankful, God, for the people who've served here. We want to be good examples. We want to be great ambassadors. We want to represent you well, Lord. Thank you for the way that you believe in us, the way you've called us, the way you restore us.